five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA, <laughs> fighting for mail and direct marketing all over the world. And here we go. Let's see what the news will bring us. Okay, here's a trailer, and you know I like to do fun stuff so that you get an idea of what's going on. We were never given a chance to be anything more than criminals. But these are the cards we've been dealt, so we might as well play them. Here, let me help you. Are you okay, ma'am? Thank you, dear. You're such a good boy. Okay, so anyway, this is a movie coming out, and... Uh, it's a bunch of criminals, and all of a sudden, one day, he does, he was trying to steal her purse, but instead saves her from falling down the stairs, uh, and she says he's a good boy. He's actually a wolf, of course, and uh, that changes his life and his gang, and they try to become good people, which is something we should all do. I'm not recommending the movie. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a nice <laughs> image to put up on YouTube. So anyway, let's get over to the real news. Uh, first off, we got WDMA Spring Meetup, and it's up on WDMA.org if you want to tell us you're coming. Uh, there was also an email that went out, I think, uh, yesterday or the day, the day before, and if you just click that, boom, it does everything for you. Just one-click registration from the WDMA, unlike every other webinar you've probably been invited to. Okay, and uh, the stuff is going by on the bottom. But all you have to do is go over to WDMA.org, and away it goes. Okay, so now let's get over to the real news. And uh, Bed Bath & Beyond takes a plunge, plunging e-commerce sales. And, uh, you know, today we're doing B's today, B, B, and B, plus Bye Bye Baby. Uh, there was a decline of 18%, um, which... The e-commerce declined 225% more than the same store sales in terms of percentage decline. There's a lot of statistics in here, and most of them are misleading. Like, you know, they, they say their gross margin declined 400 basis points. Well, that's 4%. I mean, it's, it's, it's significant. It actually isn't 4% because it's, um, it's 8% decline because it went down 4%, but it went down from 32% to 28%. All this stuff is hard, especially when you're doing it live. Just give me some, give me some empathy. Okay, but anyway, so the the e-commerce sales kind of went off the cliff, and but same store sales did too. And as they point out in the very bottom, one of the investors, um, managing director of global data retail, took to Twitter after the earnings release, called the results absolute carnage, and Bed Bath and Beyond. Results are carnage sales down 22% in total, 12% in comparable basis is uh, on, that's a same store sales, is abysmal, all the more so because the homewares market grew strongly, okay? Um, anyway, the uh, the issue, I, I you know, I, I kind of like Bed Bath & Beyond. I bought some uh, cake pans there a couple of months ago. But literally, no one knew what was going on there. You had to walk your item over to a price checker because everything was stacked in the wrong places and mismarked. I finally got someone to help, and she said, "Nobody's there. nobody wants to work here anymore. <laughs> and that may be what 
started the carnage. And this was, it was, uh, it was December, I would say, uh, that I was there, November, December. So it was the right before fourth, uh, this fourth quarter period started. Anyway, now we'll get over to B2B. We're switching gears here. B2B buyers favor marketing content backed by research. And this is by Rob Williams. And I'm kicking off with this, not because it's such in-depth research. It's 174 people were the, were the entire uh, survey. So one or two, you know, one or two answers this way or that can change the whole graph. And as usual, these graphs, you know, if you want to make the results look dramatic, don't start at the zero scale. Start here. Okay. I try to help. I should just do their graphs for them because they're just really sad. But anyway, instead, we got an incremental, minute little uh, difference. But the top, um, the top content that people wanted was research surveys and reports. Ironically, probably better surveys than some. Uh, case studies is always my best, but there's so few that are actually meaningful because they don't really do uh, holdout tests or they don't have a control. All they do is they try something and they say, oh, gee, we got all these results. That's probably what got Bed Bath & Beyond into the state they're in uh, with their marketing. I believe they also cut back on their coupons. I think I read that because I know we used to get always get the coupons and my wife would always have them on the counter. And I haven't seen them lately. It wouldn't be interesting. If anybody knows if that's the case, I'd love to hear from you. Um, but I'm pretty sure I saw that they were cutting back the coupons because they were so excited about e-commerce, which went down 225% more than the same store sales went down. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Now let's get over to personas. Uh, this is from Responsory. Lisa Robbins. I don't know Lisa, but I do know Grant Johnson over there. And he's a genius in in direct mail and direct marketing and always interested in testing, always building a control. Uh, he knows how to do it. Um, give me a call if you need to get in touch with Grant. I'll introduce you. Uh, three steps to creating better B2B personas. The, the biggest issue I take right off the bat is that I don't believe in personas. You know, I mean, they're a handy sort of shorthand, but, you know, I went out to Wyndham Hill Records back in the day, and they said all of our and their famous, their most famous uh, artist was Win, was uh, George Winston, who did the Linus and Lucy cartoon background music, you know, the beautiful piano stuff. Anyway, so um, I got my eye itching. So I went out there, and they said, well, uh, all of our customers are male, 35 to 55 high income, high education, but when we target those people, we don't get any results. And I tried not to laugh and I said, well, even if you're, even if all of your customers, if even if that's the only kind of person that buys your music, mm, that doesn't mean everybody who is that likes your music. You know, you sell about 4 million, uh, the CDs in those days, a year, and there's like 11 million of those people. <laughs> so clearly, not everybody in that persona likes your music. And as we talked about yesterday, which was kind of funny, I thought, uh, Procter & Gamble, when they were trying to sell Febreze, 
had a persona that was pet owners. Perfectly reasonable. So they targeted pet owners, which are a small fraction of the population. If you think about all your friends who own pets versus your friends who don't own pets, you know, it's, I don't know, 20, 25% maybe own pets. Maybe it's a little higher, but it's not much more. So all of a sudden you've cut your marketing by three quarters rather than just people who might have smelly stuff around. And they, you know, they might have got a better response, but they didn't get enough sales to make it worth the, the, the effort. So then they cut back to 18, 18 plus, and that was it. And then it, sales went back up. So personas are a tricky little thing. Don't take them too seriously. Better to test lists and see what's going on. But anyway, let's dig. dig. There is good information in here, Lisa, I have to say. Um, identifying what you want to do is identify, understand, and segment your customers. It's always been important, okay? But, you know, this is why machine learning is such a powerful thing coupled with someone who knows something. <laughs> AI by itself, pretty stupid. We'll get a great lift in the model and won't work in the real world, right? Because things change. Uh, and you're always modeling with historical data. Um, but Lisa advocates a more measured approach than just competing opinions. Also good. Okay, so personas use demographic, psychographic, attitudes, aspirations, and other psychological traits. And, of course, that's hard enough in consumer, direct-to-consumer. Your aspirational qualities change day-to-day, as we all know. You have, a do- you have a day when you feel like a million bucks and you think, yeah, I could get that Porsche. And then the next day, you look at your Chevy. <laughs> I was behind a Chevy the other day. It's like, I thought it was a Volt, but it wasn't. It was some other little Chevy. You know, so some days you're... You're riding high, and some days you're you're low. Anyway, but as we found out in the B2B article, it's content and research that the B2B buyers are looking for. Why? Because they're not buying for themselves. They're not buying for their personal aspirations. They're charged with getting a new machine tool. So they got to look at the comparison between machine tool A and machine tool B and machine tool C, right? And that's why they want case studies and they want to know about support and they want to know about how how long does it take to get parts. You know, that's why people buy Caterpillar. It's anywhere in the world they guarantee like a four-hour delivery of parts because they got inventory and they got supply chain. And that's why people buy Caterpillar mostly. It's not that you can't bulldoze with something else. Okay, good personas also define audience objectives and obstacles to reaching them. Okay, well... Yeah, first off, you don't know the aspirations and the psychological profile. Second of all, they're not that they're they're not that important because any no one person makes the decision in B2B almost ever, right? Hardly, except on little office supplies or something. And what Jack Miller told me was, he was the founder of Quill. He said when we started because of high inflation in the 70s, which was worse than now, uh he said We started mailing monthly. We had been mailing yearly, just one big catalog a year. But the prices were going up so fast, we decided to mail, you know, a flyer that we could keep the prices current. And um, we thought everybody would hate us. But what had happened was we were actually in front of the the buyer enough that they started considering us to be 
a main supplier of office supplies rather than a secondary if I couldn't find it anywhere else. Okay, so the personas can help you develop messaging and creative content that resonates. Again, I would say, you know, you might want to be just testing, just real hard testing. Um, so start with research, okay? So you've got your customer data, and it's even modeling is really tough in B2B. There is a little bit of geodemographics that matter because businesses of a feather do hang out together. Um, you think of White Plains, New York. You think of Plano, Texas. Uh, a lot of corporate headquarters in those kind of places because um, good air travel, good probably good schools. You know, Land's End was in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, because Gary Comer liked Dodgeville, Wisconsin. You know, so there is something to geodemographics, although it's weaker, again, than in, in direct-to-consumer. Okay, sort your customer list by contact title. Determine which titles are most common and if there are natural categories or groupings that fall they fall into. And one of the things you can do with title is really interesting. <clears throat> because people move around inside a business and their jobs change, we started uh, for Garen Products, we, we had them call out their customers that were in the top 1% the year before and hadn't bought yet by this time of year in first quarter. And the number one reason they found that people weren't buying was simply because they were mailing the catalog to a person. Here's an argument against personas. And that person had gotten a different job function and wasn't the right person anymore, which is always a good reason to reach out and test. But it's also a reason to put on a contact title, even if you don't know what the title is. Uh, and if that, that company is substantial, still in business, and hasn't bought in two or three years, you might try just putting a title. Because the title will often get routed by the mailroom more effectively than a person if, if there's a disconnect between the job function and what you're, what you're sending them. Okay, so anyway, um, you can do surveys to uncover information, but unfortunately, it's hard to map that across the rest of your customer base because you won't have survey responses. You'll have 175 out of a file of 100,000. Um, industry association, sure. Find out what the industry has to say. All these things are helpful and, and should be done. And then you can have some categories to consider. What's their job title, responsibility, what makes them buy. You know, when we were doing ad specialties, the purchase trigger was a convention that they forgot to buy giveaways for. Pain points. How fast can we get it? And we figured out a way to turn it around in 24 hours, which no one else could do. Uh, products and attributes, you know, it isn't even, that was a really another thing about it. In, in B2B, your, your copy isn't always about what a great product this is for you. When we were selling imprinted merchandise, we, tr we tried to teach the copywriters to think of it in terms of, I'm buying it to give to my customers. So it isn't so much how great the, the you know, the golf shirt is. But your customers will appreciate it. Or your salespeople will like that you finally got a quality shirt. This was, I was helping Land's End with this when they did their B2B. <laughs> your salespeople will appreciate a higher quality shirt because of customer appreciation. And you'll get a raise or something like that. You know, that's kind of the, that's the, gives you an 
an idea of the of the complexity of a b2b uh, of a b2b purchase right the buyer is buying essentially for the sales force to give it away to the end customer so quality matters but it's not like he's giving it to his granddaughter for her first communion or something okay visit job sites visit linkedin profiles so lisa thanks for that um obviously we're on a little bit different page but it's always good to think about different ways to picture your customer and uh, i can say that machine learning can be a part of it if you are mailing more than a hundred thousand pieces at a time have a great day like and share your friends will know you're smart bye bye don't forget get over to wdma.org there's a thing in the upper right corner and um, just click that and you can register bye bye